0: Ващи. Ващи. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. Today's guest is Ken Leslie of VeteransMatter.org. VeteransMatter.org, V-E-T-E-R-A-N-S-M-A-T-T-E-R.org. Go there, check it out, donate money, donate time, Veterans Matter. Veterans Matter houses America's heroes and their families in permanent housing. It helps the homeless veterans who went out there and helped us and defended our honor, our glory, our freedom, and and it helps them. Since since we have a habit here in America to uh, pushing aside our soldiers uh, because of the the mental or physical disabilities they acquired through battle or just by serving. Uh, we tend to just push them to the side and ignore them and forget about them. So this is an awesome, awesome, awesome organization. And I, and I encourage you and urge you to go donate however you can. Um, Ken was also a stand-up comedian, and uh, as you guys know, I do appreciate the stand-up comedians or comedians of all shapes and sizes, whether they're writers or or, or improvers, whatever it is. Uh, I love talking to funny people, and uh, I don't know why musicians and comedians share a kindred spirit, but that's what happens uh ken thinks it's because we're in performing arts together uh but i don't really have a lot of friends who are like dancers or anything so i have comedian friends and musician friends and that's it not looking for any more friends no that's not true um no i don't know quest love th- seems to think it's because we want to be each other so musicians want to be comedians and comedians want to be musicians secretly deep down inside Whatever it is, um, Ken is very funny, and I w- it was a pleasure talking to him. Uh, we'll get to Ken here in a minute. But first, I want you guys to go to rainamystique.com. I was going to say .carm. <laughs> rainamystique.com that's r e i n a m y s t i q u e.com uh we got a new album that just came out not too long ago it's called 1018 and uh, we we just want you to hear it it's totally for free on youtube or if you have spotify or google play or tidal or apple music it's all there it's rainamystique 1018. R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E. Go and check it out. There's physical copies available as well at the website. So check it out. ReignOfMystique.com. Also, let us know what you think of the show. Let me know why comics and musicians get along so well. Why do you think that? I don't know. Who fucking knows? But maybe you know. Maybe you are in that position to tell me why. Anyways, you can tell me at wespeakenglishgood at gmail.com. You can also check out the newly designed website wespeakenglishgood.net. Check it out. Let me know what you think. You can also leave a review for us on iTunes or on Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. Share the podcast. Uh, friend me on uh, Instagram or follow me on Instagram at, at, at We WeSpeakEnglishGood. Um, same thing on Facebook. You can follow me on that, but I'm way more active on Instagram, and my Instagram is kind of taking on a life of its own, so it's it's kind of different from the podcast although I advertise the podcast, but there's a lot of things going on over there. You should definitely check that out. Anyways, let's jump into Ken Leslie, everybody. Um, Again, Ken is with veteransmatter.org. You should go definitely check that out. And uh, he was a stand-up comedian. He has hung up his jester's hat, hat, I guess. I don't know. I think it rings it's too many bells on it people know when he's coming so he had to take it off (laughs) that's so stupid anyways (laughs) let's jump on over to ken's office um uh this was recorded a couple weeks ago at, at his office so go check it uh so let's 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 listen ken leslie everybody What did you just tell me? I, I, I didn't understand what you were saying. I
1: said one time at band camp, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I stuck a flute.
1: <laughs> no, what you were saying, about what? You just said
0: um, about working with somebody who it might be difficult. Oh, no. So one of the things
1: that people do as, uh, uh, as nature is they manage for exception.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so,
1: you know, you'll be in a meeting. How many times you've been in a meeting and somebody says, well, what if this happens? Yeah. And it's a, a monkey out of the ass scenario of it possibly happening, <laughs> but they spend the rest of the meeting, how they're going to respond. You know, we, <laughs> we, we, we were putting together a group to do this project that's going to help the homeless and, you know, we're going over the details that need to be done. And somebody said, well, what, what, what are we going to do if CBS news comes down to cover it? <laughs> Now they don't give a shit about what this little thing. Yeah. No chance that they're gonna come down. But this group this group decided to spend the next twenty minutes putting together the action plan that if they came, <laughs> who who is gonna be the
0: representative and da da da. da. And of okay. course the
1: lady that mentioned it really had the goal of being that.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay, I see. Okay. I, I, I have sat in on a couple like especially like nonprofit um you know uh, board meetings where yeah where it's just like man we could have did this over the phone (laughs) but
1: they they also do i mean in business they do it yeah of course yeah that
0: that employs lawyers yeah 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 exactly yeah (laughs) that's why they hire lawyers to go do this (laughs) yeah so they can toss around menial frivolous right yeah thoughts just to see what sticks to the wall
1: And we use that concept in developing our Veterans Matter program. Mm -hmm. So so the normal processes are, you know, the VA finds a homeless veteran. They find a place for him. They get him the housing voucher. All he needs is the deposit. Mm. So now they've got to send him to another organization. And so you set another referral. They set an appointment, they go over there, they get a new case manager, they get a new housing plan. Okay. And when that's all approved, they send the referral to their accounting department, which then writes the check whenever they write checks, weekly, monthly, whatever it is. And then they send it to the landlord. So that's because they have to manage, for the exception, they have to find out and re-verify the information that the VA's VA already done.
0: Oh, I see.
1: So what we do is we assume that, um, that and we know that in order to be a part of this program, you're a homeless veteran, that you have a need that you're, and most importantly, you're going to get case management after you're housed. Mm. And then all they need is the deposit. So we don't need to re-verify anything. They've already done all of that. Right. So they just tell us there's a veteran who has nowhere else to go, who needs 650 bucks. We say, great, and send it straight to the landlord, same day.
0: Nice. That so that's what you guys do primarily, right? Right, uh-huh. and
1: and the only exception would be somebody trying to rip us off, uh, and and in order to do that, um, you have to have collusion. Love that word, yeah. collusion between the the VA social worker, the landlord, and the veteran. <laughs> now the odds of that are a right. monkey out of the ass scenario. So
0: so what what kind of gave you that idea to start something like that? What, what would what would be what I mean? What, how would you even know that process? That's what's holding these veterans back. That's what's kind of keeping these guys. Oh,
1: simple. Uh, you know, a, a simple problem, simple solution. So one of the things we uh, have a low homeless group that we started in 1990, and, and one of the things we do is we partner with the VA and do blitzes where we go to the woods and abandoned buildings and look for people who are homeless. Oh wow! And work on getting them integrated into the system and hopefully getting them housed. Um, and you know, later, remind me to tell you a story about Manny, who was living under the bridge for three years. But that's a different story. Um, so, so here we were doing a blitz in Toledo, coincidentally, and um, I, I was doing it with Sean Dowling, who runs the homeless program here. And and I said, uh, uh, you know, she, she told me about this great new program the veteran, had, the VA had to house homeless veterans. I'm like, bullshit! If, if it's so good, how come Freddie's not housed? And she said he didn't have a deposit. Oh. and I'm like, what? How much? She says six fifty. And I said, "So if I wrote a check right now, how soon will he be housed?" She said, "Immediately. He's got a place. It's lined up. He's got a housing voucher. It's permanent housing, and oh, he's got wow. case management. He just doesn't have the money." Hmm. And and you know, which makes sense because I know a lot of working people mm-hmm. that don't have the deposit yeah, first months to get for get the sure. place. For sure. And I said, "Well, what, Sean? What do you do when they don't have the deposit?" She goes, "Everything we can. We try to find the money. We'll even take them to churches and VFWs and help them beg for it." Wow. And that broke my heart, wow. that our soldiers who fought for us, who really put it all on the line for, for, so we can have the rights that we have, are now having to beg. Yeah. So that night came up with this idea of Veterans Matter. We take care of our own right to check straight to the landlord. No chance of failure, 100% yeah. success rate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All I needed for there there were 35 vouchers coming in. All I needed was 26000 so I didn't have it. You know, <laughs> That's pocket. all you did. Just... Yeah, I had lint. And, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, so, so the next morning I called Barb with ProMedica, the uh, local health system here, and said, Barb, I need $26,250. And by the way, I need a fast because there's veterans waiting. Yeah. And, and you know how long foundations normally take, right? We just got a notice today from one we applied for three months ago that, mm. that we didn't get it. Um, and, and so <laughs> seven days later in this case, Valentine's Day, 5.36 p.m., she calls and says, here's your full funding. Whoa! Three days after that, we housed our first veteran. 11 days from idea to execution, and it was a veteran family out of the family shelter. Wow. So then I went back to my day job, which is CEO of an executive search firm that I had been doing for 25 years or whatever. And, and uh, every time there was a veteran need, they let me know. they send fax me over a referral, and I'd send the check straight to the landlord. Easy peasy, right? Yeah. Get the fax, send the check. Easy. Minutes. Um, because we already know that they're already pre-qualified that we don't have to do anything. We know that they're already conforming. Right. So that was it. And, and was doing that. And then I got mad because there were 60,000 veterans on the streets. And, and when I get pissed off about stuff, I sometimes really try to find a solution, which most of the things that we've started were based on that, finding a real problem and finding out what the real solution is. And, and, um, um. So I have a TV background and thought I'd do some public service announcements because every time I talk to somebody, they said 60,000 on the streets at the time. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, I didn't know. Well, PSA is that solution. Yeah. So I was doing one with Dusty Hill's Easy Top, and Dusty oh. says, <laughs> <laughs> what? "What? You like Dusty?"
0: I love Easy Top, by the way. He, uh, absolutely, I'm, man. They I'm very like... connected. My father and my uncle used to take me to the shows every time they came to Toledo, so I'm very well connected, like emotionally, to Easy Top.
1: Yeah, they're they're really beautiful spirits, and, and well, and, their and music is
0: awesome. Yeah, they are, and it really is for for three. It, and
1: yeah. this is coming from a musician. So, so ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what they know about you they know everything okay. <laughs> they yeah.
0: know my horrible lured past so. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm 162 episodes in so all right so they know that they probably know me that, pretty that well, that yeah. it's not weird that we met at an adult, adult bookstore <laughs> no so. not at all actually that's pretty common <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's where i find most of my guests <laughs> oh that would have sucked and so (laughs) (laughs) all right it's a good thing this is like on the internet
1: because otherwise i'd be like
0: beep beep yeah yeah i mean i can't deal with any of that and it's not like i've ever tried to be in broadcasting it's just i decided to start talking into a mic and putting it on the internet one day so and all 11 of the listeners (laughs) (laughs) actually it's not it's actually doubled since i've been here since i moved from san diego to here My audience has doubled, so I get about four thousand listeners a a week now. How long ago did you move here? Uh, Not uh, last September, so not this one, but though, so a year, about a year and a change. Yeah. So, so if you're
1: listening, uh, if you're one of the four thousand, I I actually met these guys last weekend at uh, a a wedding uh, for a friend.
0: My sister's wedding, by the way. Yeah, and and
1: um, they were playing. Uh, him and his wife and their it's most incredible music so if you're in anywhere shit uh and 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 you know because they'll go anywhere if you got the money they, to get true. them there it's very true um it's they're remarkable performers i'm sure don't you have i'm sure you got pot people shit people can buy to listen to it
0: right yes now. actually today today <laughs> our album is released today really yes how so, much is it um it's ten dollars for a signed copy and it's it's just we're gonna sell them for five it's an ep um but it's it's online now you can just stream it that's what i've been telling people i mean it's nice to sell albums but i know that's not what in music in the music business now selling albums is not how you make your money anymore yeah it's touring man yeah that's the only way so (laughs) uh i uh do you have like uh do you have like a, have like a, a, a military in your family? Well, no, no, just no,
1: just the homeless thing. Came up with a good idea yeah. and, and, and yeah, yeah, and that's that's what we did. And then so d- doing the thing with
0: Dusty, the and Dusty
1: yeah. says, "I love helping uh, helping veterans." What the hell? So is wait, this one where
0: for? were you in the states? I mean, because they're Texas, so yeah, how they're does- on tour. And oh. so I called a friend of
1: mine, Bob Merlis, who is uh, who I met through John Mellencamp and, and is, is <laughs> okay. one of the most wonderful people that I've ever met. Bob, yeah. Bob actually was the first person that gave us the initial support oh, nice. to be able to start it. And it was just the emotional support saying, let's do it. Mm. And he, he was the one that introduced us to Dusty. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, in, co- coincidentally, the following week, they were in uh, up in Detroit. At, oh, okay. uh, I don't know what the hell they call it now.
0: The, was it the Silver Dome or no? Something? No, or the, the outside place. Oh, uh, oh, oh, the DTE. At yeah, one point it was yeah, DTE. They keep names but now I think is is it Little Caesars? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I hate those names. Those corporate names are right? just the worst. <laughs> right.
1: So, so we're up there and and fi- and and filming um, uh, videos, and you you can see them on our website, oh, uh, okay. VeteranSpanner org, and. Um, he said, I love helping veterans. What the hell is this one for? And I told him, you know, well, you write a check straight to the landlord and, you know, do that kind of thing. But, you know, we're not really, you know, expanding. We're just trying to make people aware there's 60,000 out there. And he goes, well, you know, would you mind starting this in Houston to help Houston vets if I helped? Oh, wow. Well, yeah, you know, Sure. And <laughs> sure. I was a comedian for eight years and, yeah. and worked with a lot of the biggest names yeah. and understand that they're exactly like you and me. You know, they're nice people. You meet somebody at a party. You mm. want to get involved. Right. You want to help, and yeah. you tell them you're gonna, and then Monday you get back to your day job, and you're like, oh, shit, I, don't, I can't. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I understand that, and I expected that. And his wife, Chuck, called uh, a, a couple days later and said, no, Dusty's serious. Oh, nice. So this incredible spirit named dusty hill put together this uh, uh convened a, a group uh, down there and they flew me down and we did our little talk and to date that group has uh, they're almost they're pushing a thousand veterans housed in texas wow just because dusty cared wow that's and, and it's the power of one Everybody yeah it's for
0: sure it, that I, I love that i love that you saw an issue like why are we why this like one small step and it's like let's eliminate that, so they're not just out there for yeah. days, yeah. weeks, months. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's a very s- beautiful s- simple problem, simple solution. People make shit too complex. It's true, it, and it always, it always, um, it always blows my mind that um, just asking for it, like just asking for what you wanted, you just like you called Barb and was like, "Hey, Barb, I got." I need 26 grand. (laughs) What can you do for me? And and it it just, it's like advice that I give to people who are asking anything. Is like, if you want something, you do need to ask for it. There's a time and a place, of course. Some people are very inappropriate about their asking, but... There is a time and place. And and, and that's kind of how my wife and I started our business when we were out west. We were just calling and asking. like, hey, we offer this service. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Come on in. <laughs> and it was that easy. Like, well, yeah, massages it, should be easy to sell. What <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? What was your business? Uh, we taught after school programs, uh, like art and music programs oh, cool. after school because, as you well know, <clears throat> art is the first thing to get chopped well most people know art out of school is the first thing art and music right chop it out right get it out of here we don't need that get the football going (laughs) we're gonna imitate war and that's what we're teaching our kids um i'm gonna introduce you to a good friend of mine named jeff
1: green jeff green he started a thing called be instrumental years ago 10 Mm. years ago Mm. and
0: it um gives kids, students gives kids I, instruments i think i know jeff i think he works out at um at at my uh at my gym and i've talked to him actually and he was like you should call this girl and um we would love to have someone involved i know jeff yeah that's you, funny you can, you can join the board and help
1: it help move it and and you know that, i mean that your call that's a perfect place for you
0: I I don't know I mean like I'm 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 open to a lot of avenues uh, so I want to know uh, so you're stand up comedian you were a stand up comedian you don't you don't no, you don't they, dabble they at took all.
1: away my comedy license yeah the, You,
0: you <laughs> said keep, the wrong thing in front of
1: the wrong people no and, no I just I didn't keep up the continuing education uh, credits
0: oh yeah I see I see so <laughs> I see uh (laughs) so so tell me because you just said you're in in tv you're in broadcasting tv is like that all part of the same whirlwind of your career comedy and tv or what came first Um, is there is there like funny in your family is there performance in your family like where's that come from well i i i had a really
1: difficult childhood and so i learned early on really young and maybe three or four that if I can make them laugh, then, mm-hmm. then it's a lot, lot, lot less painful. yeah so, so I think that's where the inherent uh, uh, comedy comes from and it's never mean-spirited comedy. It's always the attempt to make people laugh, which right. is what comedy is <laughs> Yeah. And so uh, you know I've always been a, a ham in that sense always you know was able to make people laugh. And, and not so much, it wasn't more, um, uh, you know, uh, performance oriented, mm-hmm. it was more like, you know, if I've uh, you know, got a new client, you know, uh, helping them see the humor in whatever the circumstance is. Yes. Because there's f- humor in everything. I For mean, sure. I, mean I, I went to a funeral, and you know, I'm- Hilarious! Uh, yeah, well it was, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm saying the most inappropriate stuff, mm-hmm. right? And you know, wow, she's hot, I would have dated her, you know, to their grandmother. <laughs> And, you know, I walk out and I told my wife, oh, my God, I'm, I am I, I feel so bad because I, you know, was was inappropriate. Yeah. And and um, I got a letter from them thanking them for, for coming and making them laugh in such a difficult time. Wow. Because the reality is the only thing, only thing that can make you feel better in any difficult time is laughter. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that there's something about laughter that that stimulates uh, pleasure. And, and so in that instance, you know, here I am thinking, you know, I really messed up. Uh, I've lost my friends. I can see me again. And they were, you know, they pointed out the value of, of, of comedy in such a, a dark circumstance, a dark, dark experience. So comedy then. So I di- didn't get professional until like, uh, eighties. Um, and how old were you then if you don't mind shit, i don't know i'm 60 now so but 80s. so when did
0: you like what what do you remember your first uh when you went out for your first open oh, mic yeah. or anything oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What, and, and what what was the precipice to get you to go out and do that so i was a chicken shed at first so i
1: instead of me <laughs> going out and doing my own material i i put together an improv group Oh, okay. And that built up confidence. It was a bunch of local celebrities, you know, friends of mine that, uh, um, and we built uh, a good reputation and that built my confidence. Mm. And so I finally decided I'm going to go ahead and try it. And I had an open mic night and I set up and they, the the advice always is write about what you know, Mm -hmm. you know, don't copy somebody else, write about what you know. So my first gig, I swear to God, I had 15 minutes of masturbation material. (laughs) <laughs> I did. I swear he did. And, and some of it I still do, you know. I, I joined the Mile High Club. <laughs> It was a solo flight. I got caught red-handed. They accused me of skyjacking. I said it was autopilot. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Masturbation is it always lasts. But.
0: It, it is funny. It's like anything, like like farts and poop. It's like uh, like any kind of like exactly. bodily thing exactly. is always gonna hit you on this fundamental because f- because fundamentally functioning body yeah. has to do these these things. But for some reason in our in our society that's Become so taboo to talk about it that that when you do and you shed light on it in a funny way, I mean it's the funniest shit in the world. Well, I had the material. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know. got endless amounts of material. Yeah, it was. It really felt like it. It was endless. So, 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 do you remember how you did your first mic?
1: Yeah, I did. I did well. I got I well. got laughs on some of the jokes uh, and 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 enough, you know. Pro, 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 Enough to know that this was something I wanted to do mm-hmm. again,
0: and this is in Toledo. Right, right. Oh,
1: okay. Toledo Comedy Club. A guy named El Cedar had started this uh, uh, at the at the Ramada
0: Inn at the time. Oh, it was uh, yeah. out, out on Reynolds. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: okay. you know, you're old enough to remember that shit. Uh,
0: I'm yeah, I'm 35, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> like I've, I've been around the town. But uh, uh, it's been a while. It, coming back was weird because he, like things that were there are no longer there, or things that were there are replaced by something else. So it's like it's weird to see things change. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, fundamentally, the buildings are all still there, falling apart and shit. So.
1: Oh my God! Somebody stole Southwick Mall.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> you know, Son of S- a bitch! doesn't <laughs> into a parking <laughs> lot. Okay. David Copperfield. Yeah. was here <laughs> <Came> <laughs> just through. didn't bring it back that bastard <laughs> yeah that's his own private yes. house now yeah uh, he he so so you from your mic you're like i'm 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 doing this and then so yeah. like what what was the steps you took to like kind of like throw yourself into that
1: so i love doing it and and i became the house mc for toledo comedy club because oh. i'd work for free so i saved him uh, you know a couple hundred bucks a week by me doing it Mm. and you know I started doing it and then the audience is saying you did that joke last week so <laughs> it's like oh my god now I gotta write yeah so I wrote an awful lot of material oh, and man. I started learning the crafting of yeah. the material and so I went out on my first uh, first tour as an opening act you know and and I remember, like the second stop we were in a place called Hilarity's in Akron which is like one of the worst clubs in the in the world. And a really beautiful girl, one of those model types comes up after and says, you know, you wanna go party, which is code for, you know, <laughs> <"If> you don't <laughs> yes. wanna go party. Yeah. yeah. So we go and party and we're on our way back, she's she's driving, and and we're on the way back to the comedy condo and she she says, You know, I, I've never done this before and I said, What? Fuck a comedian? And she goes, No, 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 no fuck the opening act <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow thanks <laughs> thanks we are. Yeah. It's like so, that's part of my act now you know yeah yeah so um so it was like you know let me get this straight you've got a career where you know i get free booze free drugs <laughs> free food they fly you around yeah. after i work my one hour a day <laughs> yeah. women want to what yeah, yeah. <laughs> sign yeah. me up satan so <laughs> so so I did that, uh, and 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 I did one one tour as the opening act, and did really well, and then became a featured act on the second tour. Okay. Um, and then and did really well with that. So by the third tour, I was already headlining.
0: Oh wow! And, and this is like during what people are calling the comedy boom. Of yeah, the 80s. yeah, yeah. Exactly. It so was like like Richard Jenner and uh, oh, all those Boston Heywood guys. Haywood Banks,
1: Tim Cavanaugh, okay. all the
0: guys that we started with together. Okay, sweet. And we
1: opened for like. Uh, uh, you know Seinfeld, who is the biggest jerk I've ever
0: met. And, and <laughs> he still seems like he's the biggest jerk anyone have ever, ever beat. Yeah. But but I think I think he I think he even says he, he's like on the spectrum. So he's was he like was he like a dick or was he just like one of those people who were just like didn't even look at you like just like I mean like what what kind of asshole is Jerry Seinfeld? Elitist. 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 He yeah. has his nose up and thinks he's better than everybody. Yeah. Cause yeah. He, yeah, he that, that's his it. good and, jokes.
1: Yeah, and you know, go get me a drink.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and he was. I mean, this is before the show, right? Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is when he's just starting to become that that right, right, stand right. Up. Okay. But
1: you know, there's. Um, but that was the era. Yeah. You know, uh, Sinbad. I love Sinbad. He's one of the nicest guys I ever met. And, uh, and he's so funny. He's like, such he's a so funny overlooked guy. too.
0: Yeah. And and the fact that like the funniest thing. What I heard, because I heard him on a podcast. Like I get all my information from podcasts. Uh, so it, it must be true. It's it on the internet. It must be true. <laughs> uh, Sinbad would just go up and improvise sets, just like eh, I, I don't know. I'm just gonna go up there. I don't really have anything planned. I'm just gonna go be funny. That, that crazy. That's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, he
1: he 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 he, he was planned.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure that. I mean, he he does. Admittedly, he's like, yeah, I wrote, but like. But like uh, sometimes like in the beginning, especially he was able to kind of go up there and just but but are you calling bullshit on that Ken Leslie? No, 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 no. It's a craft. I (laughs) mean, I
1: I made, you know, and that's the thing. You make your act look like everything's spontaneous every single time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, know, before I'll, you know, I've got a set set up. It's a 45 minute set. I know it works. Mm -hmm. You know, I've trusted, I've done the material enough that I know the material is funny. Yeah. So what happens is you get to a point where um, you, you don't need any confidence in yourself because you're not selling yourself as much as you're selling the material. Mm-hmm. now is the material real is the difference when people connect or not right you know if you get up there and you're saying stuff that is, that's that's nobody's gonna you know laugh really right. and, and if you look at it that's really the difference and there's there's multiple levels of, of comedy you know there's the titter the laughter you know the uh, the high laugh and and the ultimate is the applause break yeah and if you look at any of the tonight shows uh, any of them, their material is all su- such great good material a level material that it's always an applause break you very rarely hear laughter in, in their monologues because it's it's applause breaks
0: yeah
1: and that's the highest level so what i do is i turned it into a, um, a system a craft and so i recorded my act and this is like in the 80s way before you know phones yeah yeah Tech you could handy
0: recorder h 4 Ns. yeah
1: yeah so um a real, a real tape recorder. And, and then I wrote out, typed out actually, typed out nice. all of my act. And it was on a typewriter at the mm. time. And and then I listened to my act again and would note low, medium, high applause break. Oh. And, and then I took out everything between, you know, I took out all the lows mediums i kept some to craft Mm. further and some to get rid of and then kept all the highs and the applause breaks and then started working on what's called callbacks which Mm. is a a a cool method in in comedy that you know and and for the audience that's when you hear they set up with the joke and they evolve the joke in the middle and at the end it Mm. comes back again and and um worked on that with uh my target was laughs per minute Oh, okay. Yeah. Can, how can I get to the highest last for a minute?
0: Your you know? LPM. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's what I
1: call it. <laughs> What's my LPM today? Yeah. So, um, but I love the craft of it. So uh, you know, the you're confident in your set and your material, and then then you know you're bringing new material up, and you got a little segment in your act, and and this is where you try your new material. You yeah. Know, wow. Where it's gonna fit, and then you craft that, change a word, change a sentence, change a cadence, and and that's how. I did it, but there's there's a lot of funny, really funny people like our, that, you know, I was I was like a mid level at best. Then you got people like Carlin and 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 and, and Kid Rock and oh, Pryor's my idol, man. He, he yeah. there was there, and and if you look at them Pryor and Kid Rock and Carlin and this anybody else Rock? at that level. Kid Rock? No, 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 Chris Rock. Oh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Yeah, I did. Like, Thanks. Wait, wait, wait. Thanks Kid for Rock. catching me. No, no, like, no. I didn't I know just... he did comedy,
0: and I didn't know he
1: did anything. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it, 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 Kid Rock just did something for us, so that's what Oh, I got gotcha. <laughs> you. Yeah. So, um, for our veterans program. Cool. But, um, so, and, and Chris Rock. The reason they're so funny is because they have truth. Mm. You know, whenever you listen to him, you go, that's the truth. Yeah. And they're unveiling truths that others don't, that, that others don't see. Yeah. And that's why they're so, I believe, why they're so, so good.
0: And groundbreaking, too, right? Like, just, like, because you think back of the lineage, uh, what was the guy in the 50s who was breaking all the barriers, getting arrested all the time? Lenny Bruce. Thank you. Lenny Bruce. And so he kind of sets this, this standard now. And then you got Carlin and Pryor that come through and just like knock that down and just open it up. And it, like like they seriously, I, I see them as sort of like the godfathers of this new way of telling jokes. It's right. like self-revealing, self-deprecating, uh, you know, just just telling your truths up there to, to elicit laughs. Right, like, yeah. And I'm not even a comedian. I'm just a I'm just a nerd. I just like to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's uh but I, I I that's how I see it. But and I'm just another bozo on the bus <laughs> trying to find a seat. Yeah,
1: <laughs> seriously. Just
0: it's, hey man, it's it's just it's how it is until you're I I don't know. I guess you're in the driver's seat. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I um Gechi Guy is another guy that I started with.
1: That's you know really one of the funniest funniest dudes with one liners. Oh, he's brilliant. You know, um. I you know I saw a store with a sign that says Help Wanted. I ran inside and said, "What's wrong?"
0: <laughs> you know, What's yeah, that wrong? kind of thing. <laughs> <do you> tell- <laughs> a
1: job application that it says MRF and 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 I I I I prefer to F, but I'm single, so I am. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This he was just hilarious. Little, little you know things like that. He's just brilliant. And he's he's still doing it too. I oh I, sweet. He's in Vegas now, I think.
0: Or cool. Something. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, it's. The, so, when we were at the wedding, I actually, like, I felt like it was kind of rude of me just to be like, stop what you're saying, because cause, uh, we had already talked about doing this, and I kind of wanted to save it, and you were like, oh, I got a great story about Kinison. And no, you said I had a great story
1: about Kenneth. I just started talking about what we did. And you go, Oh, save it for the podcast. And oh my god, like, like, oh, are yeah, you serious? What? And then I just yeah. walked
0: away. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. I, I was just, just Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you know, oh, he's just using me because he's desperate for fucking guests. <laughs> he's entertainment just de- no on I, I'm podcast. Not. I, I'm, no, that's not it. Well, that's why you're desperate. You had nothing else to do today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I actually my me and my family haven't spent the week together at all, so like I'm actually encroaching on family time right now. Oh, what a dick! <laughs> I know, but
1: it shows your commitment to the art.
0: Sacrifice, man.
1: But you and your wife are such brilliant performers, man. Oh, I, anything you, man. that we can come up with to use you, we we will. Oh and, please! And,
0: I mean, we're we're totally down. And you know what? Um, homelessness is a soft spot, especially in Raina's heart, but like in my heart too, of course. Uh, I I don't want to see other human beings living on the streets. Just fundamentally, as a human being, I don't want to see other human beings like living on streets and suffering like that. So, but especially to my wife. So anytime, anytime there's you got anything, we'd be yeah, cause totally happy. you know happy. you know this is getting long and nobody's fucking listening now. Oh, oh no, it's you, how been, long do you got? It's only been a half hour. Whatever you need. I'm oh, just okay, saying no. that that the laws of
1: people sitting there you got better shit to do
0: well here's the fun <laughs> part about podcasts is that you can just hit pause and come back oh yeah I, hey, I, good point i um uh, i mean like one of my favorite podcasts is the usual time they spend is three hours what that's not us that's not me shit. <laughs> we won't be here for three hours well we'll but, do it over lunch then my god <laughs> but he we'll just walk around with this and the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean like the thing about being mobile like this is that I'll be at, I'll be playing these big festivals and I'll just have a microphone just walking around like, "Hey, it's that guy. I know you kind of and you know, you just start shoving mics in people's faces and hopefully they say something.
1: (laughs) I'm imagining you interviewing somebody sitting down at McDonald's with this equipment and somebody across like looking at you going, two guys talking into microphones (laughs) to each other. (laughs) It's like, you remember that telephone game (laughs) when you had the string in the can?
0: Yes. (laughs) It's just like that. Nobody's
1: listening to us, but... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, actually later on tonight i'm going to a coffee shop at just at levis commons mall and talking to another guest and just like hey and sometimes it's cool and sometimes it's kind of hard like a couple of weeks ago we did it at um the black cloister downtown mm-hmm. and uh and i didn't realize that thursday night i thought it was gonna be a quiet night thursday night was trivia night so like i'm trying to talk to these guys and i'm constantly like what because the guy who's on the mic is talking so loud which that's his job is to talk into a mic so people listen and hear him right and i'm in the back like what what and i have terrible hearing i've been standing next to amplifiers my entire life so. hmm? what <laughs> yeah so it was interesting but it was really nice actually he just wrote he just shared it on facebook and he was like this was the greatest interview i've ever did and and it was an exercise of intellect. And I was yeah. like, wow. <laughs> I didn't... Well,
1: I'll, I'll do the same thing. Okay. thats' see it. This is an exercise in intellect.
0: But I, it was only one push-up. <laughs> that was it. It was. Yeah, we, we succumbed to dullness and yeah, a yeah. listless lifestyle. So... So okay, so so you don't have a story about Sam Kinison? Oh no, the, I worked with him. I mean, you that worked was, with yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Okay. We we digress, man. We like yeah, but then we run dead ends. We get back on the track. Sorry. Oh, uh, that's kind of how it is. I've learned to sort of steer it back to the guests because I'll, I'll most of the time just start talking about myself. So, like, I'll catch myself and be like, oh, shit, nah, I'm talking to this person. <laughs> no, I like learning about
1: it, man. I don't well, know. No, and so, also, shit.
0: It's, uh, it's also connecting, right? We're like, you're learning about me. I'm learning about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm th-
1: sitting there thinking, I mean, we got to grab the wives go out to dinner, man. We'll just I'm laugh totally our down. ass off. Yeah. Yeah, man.
0: Let me know. Uh, so so you work so you were working with the greats back in the eighties. They're seeing
1: our bromance develop. <laughs> well they're not seeing. I they're fucking hearing. Yeah, it. Hearing yeah. It. Ooh, did I say fuck? Sorry,
0: I didn't mean to. It's the internet. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> you know what if what if you uh. know my pastor listens or something.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, it, this will be out for the public to listen to, and I mean, if you're worried about people and associating your cuss words with your company or your organization, yeah, then my pastor would
1: <laughs> be like that fucking idiot. Listen <laughs> to that. <laughs> he doesn't know other words yeah, other than fuck. No,
0: <laughs> actually, yeah. Uh, anyways, so, so, so you you did your tours and you you did your time. What what? I mean, how far how far did you get? I mean, you talked about you're in TV and stuff. Like, did that land you TV gigs? Like, it, how?
1: it was regional stuff. It's mm-hmm. not anything that was really big. Yeah, and, but and, you know, I'm I'm gonna hold this Kinison story to the end, just because you're so dying. To hear well, that no, I, like I'm <laughs> still wondering if it's real or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's real. I, I got oh, okay. a thing around somewhere that. Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, no, but, no. But, I mean,
0: oh, if you had a story or not, or if that was just something that. I, in the moment of you saying Sam Kinison I just like was like oh he has a story about Sam Kennison yeah. and then rudely walked away from You yeah. at a party yeah don't talk to me I don't want to hear It yet <laughs> <laughs> I did Wait. because like I, I really I like the idea of a Spontaneous conversation happening On mic so yeah so I was very Like oh god and, and I'm Sorry if that was rude it, <laughs> no
1: no it's Okay it's just a psychological phenomenon That you have that you can't talk to people Unless you have a microphone unless there's a microphone <laughs> Separating you which doesn't allow you to get Connected to individuals that's
0: right I, like I don't have conversations with anybody unless there's micro- <laughs> not even my wife i'm like <laughs> she'll start a conversation and i'll be like hold on honey <laughs> talking to the microphone you know how this works <laughs> you know <laughs> we're gonna discuss finances uh, and everybody's yeah. gonna know right about it. yeah so, yeah but you know
1: the reality is when you get underneath it for me i'm so insecure mm-hmm. that it makes me nervous when i talk one-on-one with people mm. but when i'm in front of ten thousand people man i own it i'm so i mean i love yeah. it up there and that's that's the
0: well there's that barrier of of like first of all you have a mic or whatever it is or even if you're projecting like you're 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 the center you're the focus you're not interacting with them because that's not your job to interact with them at that moment mm-hmm. it's just to like project what you have to say out into mm-hmm. their faces yeah yeah and, and so there's that barrier because I'm kind of the same way, but I've worked on it over the years, especially from this, because I have to go talk to strangers regular regularly. Mm-hmm. I can never say that word right. Uh, <laughs> but but what I've noticed on stage is that I'll be able to sort of lose myself in the moment and and even talking into the mic, just be casual and funny. I'm, I'm so comfortable on stage and I just started noticing this i i go like this I, I i'm sweaty and gross and i'll smell myself i'm like oh god and, on stage and i'm in front of like a hundred people and right right like, oh jesus like, <laughs> <laughs> and i just pointed that out to my wife i was like i, I do that and i was just doing it at band rehearsal last night i'm like sitting here like oh my god i smell terrible and then i'm just like why do i keep doing that in front like as soon as i get comfortable it's just like i'm comfortable and yeah and then but when, talking to somebody yeah. like this there's always this anxious energy and when people start yelling you stink you'll know what it was fine <laughs> i know i stink okay yeah yeah i get it i didn't i don't wear deodorant uh I, I know that this can happen you know for me part of it is that you know when i'm in front of
1: you know a bunch of people i'm getting paid to, oh, yeah, to be an idiot true. yeah and when I'm one on one, I'm afraid people will find out that I'm really just an idiot. <laughs> just you know, it's, it's, that's, I think that's part of the, the thing.
0: <laughs> I get paid to be, uh, be an idiot. Yeah. But I don't want you to know I'm an idiot. <laughs> right, exactly. That I'm really an idiot. Yeah, man. Like the insecurity of the one on one thing is, is, just, uh, and I, and I feel like this is something that's growing as a, I'm not gonna say epidemic, but, but you know, like so, like where people are becoming more and more in their own space, or in their own phone space, you yeah. know, is that too? It is an epidemic. Yeah, and and, 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 and there, it's so like right now, it's weird. Like I'm working on eye contact with like just strangers because. That's got to scare the shit out of people. Well, it scares me because I don't want to see that. Right. (laughs) I'm not trying to see that much about anybody.
1: But, you know, even driving down the road, you know, I waved everybody in my neighborhood. Nobody looks up. Nobody does anything. And I grew up in an era where everybody was friendly to each other. And it was called civility. (laughs) Right. And we've lost that civility. I think so. But if you looked at me as a stranger, it scared the shit out of me anyway. I'm like, stranger danger. (laughs) and he's getting out of van
0: (laughs) well it's not like i'm sitting there like you know him the death stare it's just casual eye contact but to see how many people are afraid of that including me i mean when people actually hold your gaze that's when it becomes like oh shit when people aren't afraid to be like oh yeah what what you're looking what Did you need something, you know? When they're not afraid. That's so uncommon now that it is scary, like if someone just like confidently just is like, Oh Hey, I'm here. Yeah, and that's my wife who just make eye contact, like, "Hi, everybody." Well, she's like, cute. I, I can't. Believe she is, <laughs> and, yeah, and I know. And I realize that she's a pretty girl, and she's like, "Hi," and she's just very open personality. Yeah, but, but, but but you can
1: sense her heart. Both of you guys have beautiful hearts, and oh, you can sense you. that. And people do. I think I think if they know your heart is good, and, you know, and they can feel that, then you know, I I believe that. That's why I get away with saying a lot of the stuff that I do mm-hmm. because people know my heart's good, yeah, you know it's not malicious. I think mm-hmm. if they thought that I was really trying to hurt them, they'd get pissed,
0: that's and that's human nature, yeah and and it's funny that it's something that that you have to almost develop if you don't have, like this this um this outward. Um, projection of what you're putting off because if you're sitting there and you're this big anxious ball of energy and you that's what you're putting off like that's what people are going to see but if you can sort of develop yourself and work past those anxious moments and like just open up and start to try to feel comfortable in your own skin that just comes off naturally Mm -hmm. and so because because I'm very introverted and uh, I know that doesn't seem apparent by the way I talk to people, but, like, I'm very much in my own ho- hole. Mm. And when I'm at home, I like, I st- I don't like leaving. Right. But, I'm the same way. No, I get that. Yeah. Because we give so much out.
1: we exactly. our, our, our spirit is to give out what we have to yes. people. Mm. And for me, it's whether it's performing or giving talks or, or through service mm. that, you know, my favorite place is at home with my wife when we're sitting on our couches and just doing nothing. Nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, hole mm. up, baby. And. And after this holiday season and, like, the wedding, my mom had a birthday in between Christmas and, the, and New Year's. And then my, si- my sister's wedding was there. Your so mom got married? No, my, my, mom, my mom's birthday. So it's, like, the 25th, oh birthday, yeah. Christmas. 27th, my mom's okay. birthday. 28th, my niece's birthday. You know, my sister's wedding. Fucking New Year's. <laughs> and then, you know, and it's just family, family, people, people, perform, perform, perform. The this the, Today is the first day that I've felt like myself. Right, and, and so I, you come here. I can't, so I came here to <laughs> good, talk to Ken. Yeah. <laughs> but, and and like it really did drain me to the point of where I had like oh, like a couple of days of just like deep depression. And that's kind of what happens when I get too much stimulus. It's like you just dump it all out, and then all of a sudden there's nothing left, and then you're just sort of right. a, this shell of a person, and... Well, it's
1: because I, what I learned is, is you got to have boundaries.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you
1: know, I've got boundaries, mm. and when I get to them, I check out, and, mm. and, and there's no guilt in it. You know, this is, you got to take care of the caretaker. Yeah. I, and, I, and if you don't, you've got nothing to give. If you were to keep burning yourself out, it's sort of like, you know, when you have a battery and you keep running it out, it's mm, going to die on you. Right. You know, if you keep it charged, it's not going to die. And that's the thing that I used to do, is keep running until the battery is drained. And then I'd have nothing to give, and that's where depression comes in, and all this other thing. The other thing too is, and I learned this a long time ago. I was performing in Kansas City, and you know I was an alcoholic and an addict at the time,
0: and you know that's why I like comedy so much,
1: and and all the shits free.
0: If you don't mind, what was your what was your drug of choice? Everything, Anything. Cocaine was a big thing, which you know I'm
1: hyperactive, and (laughs) then so cocaine would would mellow me out. No, so (laughs) yeah, like like Ritalin. Yeah, 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 that's the same
0: thing for me. Smoke a lot of pot. My thing was was dope, like heroin. Mine was the. Did ugly. you really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow, he I didn't know that. Everything. Yeah. Well, of course you don't know that. So you don't wha- barely know me. Ken. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's your What's your name? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh really, when was that? Um. Well, I've stopped drinking six years in on the 11th, and then um I haven't had heroin in probably like eight years, but. As soon as I met my wife is when I started sort of getting my shit together. Mm-hmm. And she sort of helped me that way. Because at first it was like for her and then is now it's for me. And like you realize that over time. Mm-hmm. You go um, to a program? No. I, no. And that was my – I think that was – I feel like personally that was a mistake that I made. Because I, I think the things – because you know from recovery that like um, that what's left after you stop, you know, putting – chemicals into your body is like all the things you were avoiding by from right. putting all that shit right. in your body. So I I feel like I would have been better a better person <laughs> if I would have uh if I would have maybe had help of yeah. some kind. Yeah. Uh, I I grit I gritted it. It, it was a crazy time too. It's like I went sober, my dad died, my wife got pregnant, I realized I was losing my hair. It was just a it was a hard time, you right, know. So right. like so it was so I, I feel like that I, I wish I would have went out and, and saw past my own bullshit to like, because at the time I was like, I don't need a fucking AA, that's for pussies, whatever. AA's <laughs> a- for quitters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'd be drunk off my ass yelling into the AA class, quitter, you know, like how rude. Yeah. Such an asshole. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, so I wish I would have went there because afterwards it was just a mess of all these feelings mm-hmm. and anger and. Sadness right. and, and my poor wife who's pregnant has to deal with that and also like you know mourning and aging. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So right. Anyways, you were talking about Kansas City and your your partying and this one time in Kansas City. But you know what the the uh, going
1: back to your topic oh, okay, in case sure. somebody else out is dealing with this out ah, there. Yes. Um, and, you know, I got sober December fifth, nineteen ninety, and and I ran to AA. And what it did for me is, you know, I had grown up in dysfunctional worlds and uh, didn't know how to be sanely functional.
0: Yeah. How, how do you become exactly. one of them? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. a, a normal person. Exactly. And what they did
1: is, is they gave me the, the building blocks. It became the foundation. They gave me the tools. So, yes. you know, I realize now that my first reaction probably is the worst reaction. You know, that's my you know, nature. So what is the second or third reaction? You know, my first response to stimuli may be the bad response, you know, anger based response as opposed to, well, what's logical? What makes sense? What's what's in the best interest? So I learned those tools. And that's really what it is. It's like more like going to class to have the tools to rebuild your
0: your world. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't
1: have any of this today if I
0: hadn't. No. And and that's the thing that that I, I do want to say is like when I at that time when I was saying, fuck, hey, hey, I even my sister took me sorry no. <laughs> anyways um uh, i was i went to uh an AA meeting and i stood up and i even was like an ass was like you know i don't think anybody should be congratulated for not being a drunk asshole so i think this is all moot but <laughs> oh yeah i <laughs> well, God day. you're not an elitist yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so so you pussy AA people let
1: me tell you about heroin yeah huh? yeah,
0: yeah well and, and like at the moment i was three months in and like, I and I, I did, at that point. I didn't know if I was going to drink again. I honestly was just bearing through just craziness, and uh, and uh, so God, I I just don't like that person anymore. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and that's true. It's a different person. But I I just want to make sure that anybody listening who is thinking about going to AA or anything is like that was me then. It's like right now. I wish I would have. <laughs> Took steps. I mean, even if it was Shut just up. therapy. You still can. Well, I do. I'm in therapy now. I yeah, mean, but go with Lisa to the, the thing. <laughs> but um, seriously, I I I, I do. I, I hate appointments that that don't involve me, like doing something that furthers my career. Where you're the <laughs> center
1: of the universe. And therapy. And that's not ego. The, no, no. no, but <laughs> therapy allows you to.
0: Therapy, yes, and I feel like she's just my ear, like I get the ear batter her, and that's what she, she just takes it, and I just don't know how people can take that much, but whatever, uh, but I, I have been thinking about going to the, the meetings, uh, but I think I just need to take small steps, and, and <laughs> therapy was my small step that I've been fighting that might take me to that, I, it's not that i have anything against a i just i just right now i don't feel like that's what i want to deal and, and with and then and then don't i mean yeah, nobody's
1: you know um it, it's just that if you ever want some tools yeah it's a good place to go get them
0: oh yeah and and that's what and that's what my sister is constantly telling me she's like dude come on i'm telling you just d-. she's constantly telling me and and i don't think she would mind me saying that but she was she had her own problems and and the person she became after that was just this beautiful person who, Oh yeah.
1: You know, like one of the most beautiful flowers I've ever met.
0: And she, and she was then too, because it wasn't like she was this irresponsible, you know, fuck up of a person. She was doing great things all throughout her problems. But like what happened afterwards and like how, you know, it's just, it, it was cool. And I saw that in her and, and you know, that resonates when you see your own family, your your sister get better and like be a better person. and it, it was it was a uh, it was. Ugh. I wish I would have did the steps then, but now that I've had time to sort of like look back and reflect, man, I, I feel like maybe therapy is gonna help, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I see why you didn't like it cuz they they attack ego. <laughs> and well, and that's the center of the core of was my problem, was my ego. Yeah. And you know, I thought I thought um, you know th- this stuff didn't affect me. Mm. And here I you know I I didn't I didn't think anybody knew that I was drunk despite the fact that I fell off the chair. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And what what I don't get the irony of this is when you go to AA, people don't want people to know that you went to AA. Yeah. It's like you don't want people to know that you're sober. Because you know they didn't know you were a drunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, you yes. see the irony? Yeah. It's okay for you to know me when I was an asshole. Right. But now that I'm working on doing good. Uh uh-uh. uh. Anonymous. No. Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but that's fine. I've never been I've never been anonymous because that's I've been proud of the fact that I've been able to rebuild and, and as a result of that people come up and go, you know, tell me more about this little thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's important, too, because, like, for people to see that that there is help out there, like, because, you know, like, when you're in the deepest, darkest pits of hell and drunk and you're, you're sobering up and you don't have the money to get fucked up again and you're going to have to deal with this, whatever's about to happen in right. the next few days. Right. It's like, you know, like, like to know that there is help out there is like it's very important for those moments right. when you're just sitting there, you know, in whatever position you're in in life where it's just you're bottoming out. Yeah, and that
1: was what happened is is, you know, you remember when you had that moment of clarity and you real, realized how much of a low life you really became, Yeah, my really, really are that out for me. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I that's what happened in Kansas City is I realized how much of a low life I'd become and I didn't see a way out. So I decided to kill myself. Oh my God. And 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 I um I'm a narcissist and a hedonist, so I wanted to find a way to kill myself that uh, was painless, but yet left a beautiful corpse. <laughs> so I actually, I, I actually got out a piece of paper, and I'm writing down the pros and cons of all the different methods that, that one can do it. And, and I had a blackout, and I don't know how or why, because I've had plenty of them drinking yeah. and drugging, but I didn't do either this day, right? Next thing I know, I'm at an old age home talking to old people. <laughs> And when I came out, I no longer wanted to kill myself, and I realized one of the secrets of life and which has become the the message of one matters, which is when you feel you matter to no one, just go matter
0: to someone man i've been just like I've been reading a lot of these like communication books and stuff like that like and, and they and always they talk about um empathy and um and um being self-aware what is that called in like meditating and stuff what, is, what do they call it when you're like Self-aware so, in the moment, centered. Oh, no, my God, I always forget the, the. Look it up on Mr. Google. It's fine. It, it's just being now, <laughs> you know, like and having empathy right. and, and and understanding that, like, I, I hear that all the time in these books. Is like, if you feel like you have nothing, it's like go help somebody because yeah. you're gonna find worth there yeah. when you're helping somebody and you you see the positive outcome of your work. It's gonna it's gonna do something. So, so in Kansas, what did you, so did, did you ever find a, a method that you thought would be, that would fit your criteria? Didn't matter. I didn't no, want to anymore. No, I know, but anymore. I was just curious. No, no,
1: no. I, I don't know. I had a blackout. That's, that's good. That's good. I don't know. Um, and that's the mystery of it. Now, sitting here, I mean, you know, I I've, I've realized that it was God, an intervention by God. Mm-hmm. He gave me that blackout, man. And, but I didn't realize at the time. I didn't find God for another 20 years or whatever. But. Mm. But but I knew so. And, and what what I realized, and one of the another one of the messages in my talks is that that um, good is already baked into each and every one of us, whether we want it or not, mm. and whether we know it or not. Mm. Uh, evil hate is a learned uh, trait. Um, you have to be around people that teach you to hate, and and then it has to be accepted by this group of others to that accept your hate for whatever you hate. Mm. And and um, the the proof for the good is if you ever go out and do something for somebody else expecting nothing in return, how do you feel afterwards? Um, you feel great. Absolutely. Warmth. Isn't it like a yeah. warmth, right?
0: Yeah. It's, every it's single time, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. And for then sure. but if you have some sort of motive, not so much. You <laughs> did something good, but you know, yeah. you don't. And and that's the nature of good inside each and every single one of us. Yeah. It's already in there. And so for me, you know, I realized that the people I work with, and myself included, uh, what turned me around was when I did that little tent city thing, the first one in 1990. Mm. And and I realized that there might be some good in me. And and um, which you know, if, if you grew up being told you're a bad boy every day, yeah. you know, what do you what do you think you are, and what do you become, right? right? And and then I started thinking that maybe there's there's some good in me after that. And I knew that if I kept doing what I was doing um, through you know, I, I mess it up. So I, that was when I ran to AA, literally ran to AA and I go in and, you know, I had this first time I'm, I'm an alcoholic. The first time I've ever admitted to anybody, I'm in tears and telling this group of people that I'm an alcoholic and, and, and I finished my piece and, and somebody raised their hand and they started talking about something else. And then somebody talked about something else. I'm like, what the f... This AA shit is bullshit. Yeah. And and meeting gets over and uh, somebody from AA comes up after and said, Ken, uh, you know, you, you just came into an adult children's of alcoholics meeting and they hate alcoholics. <laughs> so that was my honest to God indoctrination to AA. And and he told me that there was a real meeting in about a half hour, so
0: stick around. And I did. <laughs> That's when, <laughs> and of course it's the it's the wrong meeting yeah but, yeah but what do you i know, I know? Is the, the important thing is that you <laughs> showed up it, i think you touched on something really really important is um um self-worth and self-love and um because that is one of the first things that i noticed about my anger after quitting was um how much i didn't like who i was right it's like i'm just this angry ball of shit it's like my wife's pregnant, my dad's dead, you know, like all these things. I keep referring to these moments because they had huge impacts on me at the time. But but there was just all these things that I and and like I just hated myself. I didn't like myself. And my, you know, my poor wife had to deal with all that. But it, it <laughs> that is what I've been literally working on since I realized that, which was only a few months after I quit right, drinking. Right. It was like, wow, I really don't like who I am as a person. Uh, And that's really what I've been focusing on. It it is so hard to like – for me, it's been so hard to, like, truly, like, truly love who I am as a person. And, and I was, like, 300 pounds in high school. So I have, like, fat issues, body issues, too. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. so I have, like, all these insecurities going on, all these, like, things. You've that got I, a
1: subscription, man. You don't have issues. you got the full subscription. Oh, I got you it. Do.
0: And, you know, like, there was, there was some, like, abuse as a kid and, like, you know, all these things that add up to who you are now that, that you have to sort of reconcile. And and that's what what happens when you come out of that intoxicated haze. And it it was it was really it was a challenge. And and like I I can now say, like, I'm starting to like myself better.
1: (laughs) And, you know, let me give you a secret. And 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 and, um, uh, the best example of this is is maybe four or five years ago, um, a, a 15 year old girl came down to Tent City. Who is was homeless her her parents had abandoned her here in Toledo she she had nowhere to go we, we, she went in with, with her auntie was taking care of her and 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 she had uh, she'd been institutionalized I think a dozen times half criminal half psych yeah. um, from Iowa and and um, uh, she was getting D's and F's you know, a failure and, and here her auntie had, had brought her down to the 10 city thing and our little group uh, 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 encircled her and uh, the one matters team and, and, and gave her love. But what she, she started changing when she started to come down and serving with us on Saturday mornings, we got the Saturday morning community picnic and she came down and she was serving others. And that's when her esteem started building. Ooh. And then on her own on Friday nights, she'd make popcorn individually bag it and write motivational statements on the outside of the bags and pass that out Saturday morning. So, you know, when she felt she mattered to no one, she started mattering to people by giving, you know, one of our volunteers uh, spent some time tutoring her in science, which is worth worst class. And, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, you know, her her grades started going up, you know, she got C's and then B's Mm -hmm. Um, and then started getting a couple A's and, and incredible spirit, but that's how she grew from service so so and it works with anybody when you feel you matter to no one just go matter to someone if anybody ever wants to feel good about themselves go go rake the leaves of the widow next door or the old people or you know mow their lawn or you know and then come home and, and see how you feel yeah you know if you go to church you know that's cool but if you go to church and you give even a dollar you give something. Mm you're going to walk out feeling feeling better about yourself yeah. because you know you've done good and you know you're expecting nothing in return for that and when you do good you feel good and when you do good you are good
0: so 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 i i think um i don't even know if this is worth going into but like the 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 motivation who cares? the motivation <laughs> yeah but who cares the motivation of feeling good isn't that uh isn't that a isn't that a um Isn't that like a, um, uh, reason to do things. Right. But, but isn't that also expecting something out of like, isn't that going into something expecting something? No, because the only
1: way, and and I love the question because it's like a chicken and egg kind of question, but the answer is no, because you need to do good to have balance in your humanity. Mm. And, and that's, it's sort of like, it's sort of like saying, um, You know, if I jump off a roof, you know, I'll land on the ground. Mm. Well, then don't jump off the roof. (laughs) You know, it's a decision on what you want to do in a moment. So if you decide to do good, you're going to get that outcome. Mm. If you decide to do bad, you're going to get that outcome. Yeah. So your motivation is to uh, serve others. And the benefit that comes as a result of that is feeling good.
0: Because good is innate. Yes, it's intrinsic and, and, into our and and I
1: don't believe that if you go down and do good in order to uh, uh, get that <laughs> yeah. that buzz, then you're you are doing it for a reason, and yeah. you're not going to get it. You'll be disappointed. It's like
0: I need to feel good. I'm going to serve the homeless. Yes,
1: today. yes, and and but the but the innate nature is you're going to feel good about yourself because your reasoning and your your motivation will change within it. Your motivation to do it that got your ass down there might right. have been like that, but once you're involved in truly serving right. people
0: and being selfless, right? That's how, how because once you see it, once you once it's standing in front of you, it's like it's you have to like it's it, it hits you in that like any any preconceived notions of going down there is just shot out of the water because yeah. you're just like wow you're looking that in looking people in the eyes yeah. or like whatever it is you're seeing it in front of you and not just as you're passing by or, you know, on the news or, you know, whatever. Exactly.
1: That's exactly it. So you should, you and your wife both come down and and your kid, come down on Saturday mornings.
0: Yeah. Like, and that's what my, my sister uh, will play over at St. Paul's a lot. And when she was over at um, the other place she worked at before, a family house, family house. Thank you. We would always, always every year it's like we made sure and and i tell her now i'm like i make sure that she knows it's like hey we are always available to do whatever we can and even if we're not down there serving right away you know each person is like we feel like we're using our talents and how we survive in this world to give and and that's how that's that's how i reconcile not helping people all the time in that manner
1: well i'm i'm inviting you to come down and serve not play (laughs) okay
0: because now you're not going to have i I could i'll see what my schedule looks like on saturday mornings at 10 o'clock from 10 to
1: 11 every week no matter the weather we're, we're down there right next to the downtown public library and toledo ohio
0: what what do you do what do you just hand out so it's food? a
1: community Nah, it's a community uh, we call it the saturday morning community picnic okay and it's a freaking picnic oh, and man. and when um, you know it's not about the service for some people it is it's an integration you know they're they're nervous and they'll start behind the table handing stuff out mm. but those that are really called to, to to serve get in front of the tables and build community Mm-hmm. And, and I tell people, it, it, you, you know, you're doing well down there, not when you know people's names, mm-hmm. but when they know your name and they're looking forward to seeing you, mm-hmm. that when you don't come, they say, where were you last week? Because you had an impact in people's hearts, right? Mm-hmm. You've built a relationship with them and there's nothing more healing than the power of relationship, the power of community. Mm-hmm. You, you turned your life around because of the power of relationship.
0: Yeah. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like it's not it's not always a sure thing with people, the ultimatums, but What? Is it? ultimatums? What ultimatums? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that's what you were referring to cuz my wife kind of I, I turned myself around because of the relationship. I thought you were referring to me. But, right, but you were t- referring okay, to But just but okay. Tenured. As as
1: an addict, how many people gave you ultimatums in your life? Um,
0: not very many. But I was they did. I was I was I was let, I was let just off the leash at a young age so i've been you had the run of the hills i had the run of the hills So, so no one was really telling me no i mean my sister after she she was really trying to like hey but she knew that like i wasn't ready she was like i can tell you all day but you're not gonna do shit about it until you're you know right tell it that's too, humanity you know yeah so yeah and, and like and, and even then and that was her, her that was her barrier you know that was her because she she knew she could she could try and try to help me reach out put all that energy into but like she knew that like i wasn't there yet so she was like i gotta put a barrier up because i'm not gonna allow you to drain me right or me drain myself trying to help you that's a healthy boundary it was, yeah. and 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 she but, was very, she was very, she was very cold about it too. When I was like, "I'm gonna get sober," and she's like, "We'll see," and she that's how she said it, and that pissed me off. I was like, "Well, I'm really gonna try here," and she's like, "All right, we'll, we'll see." And Are you talking about your sister? Or your I'm wife? talking about my sister. My okay. wife told me it's like you either 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 this or that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll I'll, I'll take this," <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's what I that's exactly
1: the point. You chose the relationship exactly. over the other thing. Exactly. And that's what it takes. Yeah. Um, relationship. Yeah. And other either people. to other people or the community. Yeah. Or to the group or whatever you do.
0: Yeah. And like that's the thing. It's like people who isolate themselves and who are just living sadness. is like, and I have a friend who's kind of just a shut in. He goes to work and he comes home and, and that's it. He doesn't, I invite him out. I, you know, like, hey, we're going to go do this. And, oh, I'm just going to stay at home. He's like a very. He gets in these depressive modes, and like he's he can't hold relationships for very long, and and I I like I I feel bad for him, but like I also like know. Air raid, air raid, here they come. Does that happen a lot? Yeah, once a month.
1: Oh, the first first Friday of the month.
0: Oh, it's it's just test. yeah
1: so I sorry to interrupt you no, it I don't little, care it, it was just a perfect opportunity uh, to crack a joke um, <laughs> <laughs> They're coming sorry me. it's like Tourette's <laughs> it's
0: all right no Tourette's. I, I get it
1: but but you were saying I don't know <laughs> um, you were getting into the depths of the the crazy and and
0: dude I don't even know man I am so I'm such a it's all good let, let's get back to you because I, I know we kind of diverted. This into is like sobriety. no, this
1: is Mike's therapy session, man. That's that's oh. so cool. <laughs> that's all right.
0: I've left podcasts where the other people are like, "Wow, that was therapy for me." <laughs> I was like, it oh, wasn't supposed to be." But how I'm long have you, you been feeling some- that way? <laughs> 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 the so so what so what got you out of comedy? Like, why did you decide to step away and step away from entertainment?
1: When 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 I got sober. It, so he was quit, like I can't it quit being as fun. Oh you know, wow. women would still come back up and afterwards and say, You want to go party, but what they really sound like oh, I want to go party was <laughs> And you know, you know, oh, no like, thanks. I, I brought Nintendo, you know. Just, yeah, I'll just
0: go be sad in my room by myself. No, <laughs> not, not you. yeah, you know, it's like, ah oh,
1: I could be out there. Um But so so that was the the uh, uh the attitude, the momentum. After I got sober, mm. but what uh, um, changed it was that belief that I was a good person and yeah. that you know I enjoyed doing good. And if I stayed an addict, and alcoholic, you know I'd steal the money, you know I'd blow yeah. it, I'd do something bad that you know they do. Yeah. So in a sense, that for me it was a relationship with the, the community that that made my change. Mm. And I'm just realizing this now, and this is my therapy session. But... <laughs> <laughs> But so, um, I got sober and, and it quit being fun, man. I'm still doing it cause I needed an income and I was doing TV. Uh, I won an Emmy for, I did stuff for PBS, which stands for pretty boring stuff <laughs> or, or probably begging still, <laughs> <laughs> probably begging still, <laughs> but it is actually one of the, the nation's jewels that you can find, um. Uh, topics either whether it's NPR it's a mm-hmm. uh, level of depth or you know your local broadcasting station like WGTE here mm-hmm. um, they ge- give v- the opportunity for so many different voices yeah and I was uh, I was one of them and did a piece playing baseball at Detroit Tigers old-timers and because it had a really good team uh, uh producing it with me um uh, you know the right the right cameraman the right etc mm-hmm. um, it won the Emmy and so our our team
0: won an emmy for that thing that's great for the dream team yeah where's your emmy you don't have it up?
1: no so it's at (laughs) channel 30 oh okay so they kept it yeah
0: they're like this is ours by the way we're keeping this yeah and
1: actually it's a sad story because (laughs) 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 so so now it is a sad story so i i moved to kansas city and and joe campbell is was the um uh, general manager of the station at the time or the, the executive producer so the, you know his name goes on everything. everything um, and um, so I'd moved to Kansas City uh, to work for a PBS station out there mm. and then the nomination came up the Emmy nomination and then the Emmy you know, um, uh, evening event right yeah. and so I'm not I'm not gonna you know fly back just for you know yeah. uh, maybe. Yeah, and maybe even if I knew I was gonna win I would I mean I'm not a uh, award generated and motivated person. I mean, right. I, I won a Jefferson award and didn't even go to the thing. You know, my wife went and, you know, I was speaking out of town and I didn't want to make the change and yeah. spend the money to come back for five minutes at a boy. And, yeah. and it's not a disrespect for those organizations. It's more uh, a, a respect for what we do. Mm-hmm. And it's not about um, it's a statement but not a uh, lack of respect if you know
0: what i mean i do know because it's not what you don't do what you do for the accolades and the attention and you do it because you generally genuinely want to help and yeah like, you yeah you don't spread. care about that right like that that doesn't even yeah that doesn't even register that's that's nice again this is a
1: therapy thing because i didn't put two and two together about about that yeah. but that's uh, uh, a recognition so um so Joe got a thing in the mail and they wanted to know who all worked on it and blah, blah, blah. And he sent it back. So we figured we didn't win. They were going to do something else, certificates or whatever. So I didn't go. He didn't go. Nobody went. So they, here's the the winner of the Emmy Award for Best Documentary, Dream Team. <laughs> They're looking around like, you know, nobody's coming. So, so they ended up getting it and then lost it. Oh. So this is 92, right? Okay. Uh, so um, – so the, and, and I never saw it. Oh. And, and, you know, I, I continued to work there. I continued to do stuff, but it was lost somewhere. And, um, they finally found it about eight years ago and I forgot about it by then. Yeah. And they put it in their display case and uh-huh. that kind of thing. And I actually touched it for the first time, uh, uh, uh about two years ago mm-hmm. because we were doing a thing there yeah. and, and my buddy Dave, cause Nikki was a producer there. I said, Hey, there's your Emmy. <laughs> like, oh, wow, what did. did you yeah. take a picture? yeah but it was a blurry picture oh. so you know nobody yeah
0: i mean i think that resonates like firmly on your on your 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 feelings about accolades it's like not even your camera could get a clear picture yeah that makes that sense that yeah yeah it's yes, logical you're, you're just like i don't care about that much that my camera doesn't carry yeah me? yeah but <laughs> you
1: know being able to say I'm a miami winner it just makes me look sound so that's much that's cooler oh, than i am that's awesome
0: that's really cool that looks real good it sounds Resubase. cool it sounds good yeah uh, I mean, has that opened any doors for you? I mean, just having that on your resume or telling anybody? No, yeah. no, nobody gives a shit. You probably don't even bring that up very often. No, right?
1: no, it's, uh, yeah, it's on a thing somewhere. It's on uh, like a bio, Emmy but not, yeah, I mean, yeah, award winning producer. And That's- my friend Davey's so funny because he was nominated like three or four times and didn't win. So he would like <laughs> give me all the shit. And now he's won like four or five. And I'm like, oh, wow. man, he's brilliant. He's uh, this guy, look, you know, the coolest thing about doing what I do now and, and and uh, fast forwarding before I tell this story, sure. is you know for twenty some years in ninety four I started a company an executive search firm for I don't know if I said it here earlier
0: but you did say something but I don't know what the name was so uh, um, uh, EDOC Talent
1: Electronic Document Talent was uh, what right. it stood for a shortcut and and so um, did well became a philanthropist and um, then then started this. Uh, veterans matter program accidentally. And it started growing. And at the, in 2015, after, after Dusty started his thing down in Texas, then John did the same thing in Indiana. He said, Hey, you know, let's house uh, veterans in Indiana. And then Mitch Album uh, uh, agreed to be chair. And then some money raised by Katy Perry and Kid Rock mm-hmm. veterans matter started taking off. Wow. And, and so 2015, um, you know, I ended up putting money into my business, which mm-hmm. I read in the books isn't how it's supposed to work <laughs> in capitalism. So in, in 16, I had to choose which way to go is either you know the business or or the nonprofit because I couldn't do both. right. So either money or house veterans. And so I, I followed what I believed to be God's way and closed my business at the end of 15 Holy and have been doing this full time ever since. Wow. And w- one of the one of the biggest benefits, and this is what led to that, uh, you know, a little, little segue is the, one of the biggest benefits is I get to work with all these really incredible people mm-hmm. because my job isn't to recruit anybody to give a shit about homeless veterans. My job is to create opportunities so that those that are called and care as much as I do can come and get engaged. Right. Mm-hmm. And Dave, because is one of those perfect examples. We, um. Uh, we had to go down to uh, John Mellencamp's house to shoot some stuff, some PSAs, and he wanted us to shoot some stuff for him. And Dave was on vacation in Florida, family vacation. Doesn't get too many. Okay. He actually drove back from Florida to Toledo, Ohio, a oh. day early to be able to to uh, uh, go with us to shoot for for John. He's he's our you know the guy that, that, that is our shooter. Yeah. So he drove all the way up. We went to Channel Thirty. Load, got the equipment, loaded the van. And then, then I drove to Indiana he slept, you know, for a couple hours on the way to Indiana and we did our thing and then came back. And that was the night that I saw the I Emmy and that's what made spurred the, the thing, yeah. think about, but I mean, what an incredible spirit that is. I mean, I don't know that I would leave, <laughs> uh, you know, my family vacation a day early to go, to go do something, you know, uh, like that or anything. Yep. You know, so, so Being able to do what we do and serve others allows us to work along people. And the other cool thing, the really cool thing is, you know, this is the only group that I've ever known or belonged to where we all say we love you. You know, we say I love you to each other, and we do. And we love the people that we speak. And so, in a sense, I think uh, we recharge the love in each other.
0: Yeah. And we take
1: care of the caretakers.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, just, I mean, like, that's what's... I've been in those moments where you're just around somebody who just is um, wh- where you're where you're uh, where you're in a place and, and maybe a dark place. And then just being in someone else's presence who's just this positive beacon of light yeah. just brings you out of Recharges it. Recharges you. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it, it, I mean, it just goes to show that we do need other people. Yeah. The people who say that they don't need people need people the most. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. I don't need anybody. <laughs> but you've
1: got to realize they're coming from some place of hurt. Of course, everybody has become what their childhood destined them to be. Wow. No matter what they say, whatever happened in that childhood or and in those formative years, is how you deal with whatever happens after that. Mm. So you know, a tragedy may happen at age twenty, and your life may change. But it wasn't the tragedy that changed it. it was the programming from your childhood that created the response to whatever happened and and that is the I believe uh, uh, you know probably the root of all humanity and when people go back to look at what for me, you know going back and looking at uh, my childhood, you know I can understand how I became what I am. I can understand where the logic paths come from, good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I know where that uh, response in in anger comes from. I know what it is, and and then you realize after that that you don't need uh, uh, to to have that response, but it's still programmed inside you.
0: Yeah. So, what was some of the methods? I mean, because you were saying your your first response was anger, like a burst. I mean, that's me. I mean, it's still I'm I'm it's getting better, but like I'll still be just if I'm focused on work and my wife interrupts me for five, just five seconds, I'm just like, blah. And then I'm like, and you don't even, I don't even see it happening. It's just blah. Here it comes. I'm starting to see it happening. So I guess, how did you kind of temper those outbursts? Not that you had the same experience of just. No, no, no. I, I, I,
1: I'm that level of narcissist too. (laughs) And, and and when I'm, but, you know, the way I, I, I view it, rationalize, justify, whatever you want to call it, if I'm in the middle of something, getting pulled out of what I'm, you know, is, is um, um I don't like. I get upset because I'm working on something important or my head's on, you know, whatever it is. But I um, married this woman, this incredible woman, and who taught me there is nothing more important than giving them that level of respect.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, they, they just want to talk.
0: Mm-hmm. No. You're awesome.
1: How lucky am I? Right. Right. You know, and, and she wants to talk to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Please, baby. So so I don't have that reaction anymore. And it's a conscious thing. Mm-hmm. It was a conscious recognition that um, that that really the change has to come from inside us. Yeah. And another way that she taught me this is um, I, I grew up where, you know, when you, you know, if, when you get to Chicago, give me a call. Let me know you got there safe. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's it. So she she uh, went to Chicago to see her grandbaby. She didn't call. And I'm like freaking out, like, oh, my God, what? A-? So about an hour and a half later, she calls. Mm-hmm. And I've spent the whole time, you
0: know, <laughs> worrying,
1: calling, texting, you know, just... And and it was just because she got there. She was excited and went and played with the grandbaby. Yeah. And then she did it a second time, <laughs> you know, after promising, you know, she'll do better. Yeah. And then the third time was during a snowstorm. She went to work anyway. I heard a siren. I think it's her. So I back my car out of this through a snowdrift, and, wow. you know, going to help. And there was no accident, went to where she works. Nobody could, nobody saw her and come to find out she was in another office, just working, you know, and, and um, I learned then that she's not going to change. <laughs> you know, she didn't call. So, so what I had to do was I realized that, you know, in, in the reality is um, the probability of something happened. I was managing for the exception. Mm-hmm. The probability of something happening, getting here here to there, are about one point eight trillion to one. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know what the numbers would be, right. but they're astronomical. Right. Uh, the, you know that people getting an accident or or even a flat tire or something are not frequent. Right. So why worry about it? Why waste the worry?
0: Yeah.
1: You know why not accept the fact that she'll get there, and if she doesn't, then I'll get a call. Right, but I can't worry about it because I'm wasting this damn worry. You know what I mean? There's, yeah, there's things that I can be really worried about yeah, somewhere.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny. I mean, like, so it seems like you have the same problems as like how, how, how spun out you can spin yourself out just traveling around the bad neighborhoods in your head. And you're just, you know, you're making oh, that, like that circle. I like that. Bad neighborhoods in your head. I I'm like pretty that. sure a comedian came up with that. But like, I, but it's real shit. Like you just keep circling the, the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah here yeah. we go. And and by the end of the day, you're just you're you're sad or angry or just worn out, depleted. And, and, and for what? For, well, you just you just hurt yourself all day. Yeah. For what? Yeah. And that was a that was a lot of shit that I had to work out, too. And like some of the things, the, the biggest thing that helped me was taking up uh, the presence being present. That's what I was trying yep. to think yep. of earlier yep. present in the moment, in the moment, being present was the biggest thing to help me. And like just taking a step back and realizing, seeing these, these emotions starting to bubble and, and taking a step back and, and just centering and make yourself present in right now and just stay there for as long as you can. And, and and by the time you're done with that, it's like those thoughts and that emotion kind of dissipates or, or at least fades enough to where you can be like, oh, that's not worth right. my time. Right. And to another
1: do. tool, another trick, and I learned this from AA, is turn it around. Mm-hmm. How am I going to feel if I go and interrupt her and she yells at me for interrupting? <laughs> Yeah. How you know how how will you feel if you did the same thing to your yeah, wife and exactly. she treated you that way?
0: Exactly. And don't
1: be an asshole. You know, <laughs> exactly. is, and, and I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying, you know, to right. yourself is
0: Exactly. Don't be an asshole. And that's like that's like my biggest mantra uh, it, forever <laughs> for, for the last <laughs> s- 6 years has been don't be an asshole. Like See, stop being an asshole. The,
1: these are the things that you didn't learn in a
0: Exactly. These are the things that I had to like learn very slowly, very hard, the very hardest way. <laughs> I I, I
1: think there's a lot more to learn there, Grasshopper.
0: Probably. And I think
1: that if you called your sister and and hung out with her for a few of these things, like for a couple of years, yeah. I, you know, when we reconvene, you will feel a lot more grounded with the capacity to be able to manage those things that go to the bad neighborhoods in your head mm. and stop them. I mean, that's... You know the doctor recommends that, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I wouldn't suggest it if if I didn't believe or know that mm. it will give you the tools. Right, and you just can't go in with your cocky attitude. <laughs> and you
0: just, well, and that was then, and this is now. Like I, I've been truly humbled since that. Like there's just like the fact that I'm even living in Toledo right now is just a it, it has humbled me to my core. How's well, that? Because I was very against the move. I did not want to leave San Diego. I did, I because? Lived, I lived three blocks from the beach. I was a professional musician who who played, traveled around, did the things I wanted to do. I owned my own business. I lived by my own rules in one of the most beautiful cities in the world where it doesn't fucking snow. So <laughs> 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 um, so, I smell what you're stepping in. So uh, my wife, who is from San Diego, is like... I can't take it here anymore. I don't give a shit about the sun or the beach. It's like, I need something new. Uh, artistically, she was starving. Um, just She just needed something different. And uh, we were going to go to Detroit, but then she saw Detroit. Um, so it was a big, it was a just just the fact that I'm back here and I'm okay with it now. Because like, for the first year, I was not okay. Especially for that first winter last year, I got the flu. It was negative six on Christmas. I was not happy at all it was it was just a bad scene man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but over this past year we've started to rebuild and like i'm working as a musician and you know like we're we're getting back to we're your I, groove i can't say yeah we're getting back to a groove cuz we're not going back to anything we're we're actually moving forward and she's an actress now and like and whatever and you're driving a taxi <laughs> and i'm driving <laughs> uber you're gonna be an actress harry <laughs> harry he, he, Chapin? okay i didn't know that, that <laughs> thank you um anyways uh so 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 you just decided to quit comedy and all that shit just just to throw yourself into giving and 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 helping and that and, and, and which is which which i have to point out because you kind of just glazed over it but but it was very significant to me is that you gave up this very profitable con- co- company to just go into what most, well, uh, non-profit, the, it's in the name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and I love capitalism because
1: yeah. you can make money. Yeah. I mean, you can actually create money yeah. by doing a good job for somebody that needs a job done.
0: Yeah, I you mean, know, just a thought bam. in your brain can elicit money. Right, right. Um, or even, I mean,
1: as simple as, you know, you can go, you know, somebody needs their rate, leaves raked. Mm-hmm. You can meet that need and, and make money. You can create money at any time.
0: Yeah, sure. The
1: nonprofit world, it, it's almost like adult panhandling, <laughs> you know, right, you you're, you're, you know, go, you go to foundation, brother, can you spare a hundred grand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it, it's, and what, what. The methodology that I use to create Veterans Matter is a business methodology Mm. where I'm getting a leverage of 100 to 1. So every dollar that that we spend to house a veteran results in $100 worth of services the first year Mm. for that veteran. So I'm creating everything in a way that it produces that value. And because of the use of technology and how we use it, our admin expense is 8% so people know that their money is actually going to help house homeless veterans and and we we have the ultimate transparency where we publish it every day on our website how many veterans we've housed so people can see yes. what's actually happening you give to an organization you have no idea what the hell they you get a re- annual report and says yeah this is what we did with your 1.6 billion dollars y'all gave but
0: well, I mean, and, and I think a lot of apprehension comes from abuse from that. Like like the Red Cross a few years ago was kind of called out for for all this administration costs that was through the roof. And then by the time it got to whoever they were trying to relieve, it was...
1: Right, right, exactly. But the, And that's the thing. We, we and and, and as a philanthropist, and I just wanted to find good places to put my money where I knew that it was going to be able to help people in a way that I wanted them to be helped. And at, at a lowest possible cost. Mm. So, you know, I looked at those things. So in creating this, this program, I created it to be something I'd want to give to. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, that makes, um, I, I think that that because of that design makes people want to, uh, uh they want to help homeless veterans first. I mean, that's really what they ultimately want to do. Mm. But, when they give the money they want to know that it was used wisely and well and we designed this to to do that number 1 because that's just the right way to do things you know and why not do things the right way <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> you know it just it's simple uh. uh people make it so complex and and then people will want to support you if you're doing things the right way
0: yeah definitely yeah um so I I know you're a busy man so we can wrap this up here. uh how can people get involved with Veterans Matter? Like what's the website? How can they get a hold of you? What sure. where can they I mean please. Yeah,
1: um veteransmatter.org you can google it, get there. Um you can uh, um you, know, you can text vets to 41444 and get a chance to donate any amount that way. Um I I, I want to say that that because of how we have our system set up, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, w- but every single dollar that we deploy results in a veteran housed every single time. Wow. Because we don't send the money until the VA has a veteran who's getting a long-term housing vet- v- voucher who's been homeless, who has nowhere else to go. If the veteran has other resources, they send them there so we get the privilege of helping the veterans who have nowhere else to go so every dollar we send goes straight to the landlord and results in another veteran house so that to me is is important that no matter how big or small your donation you're going to help get veterans housed our national average is $750 and we're we're turning the corner in the foundation world i think uh, a great uh, uh, corporation, uh, foundation, uh, FCA foundation, uh, Fiat Chrysler Foundation, actually called us and said, we heard about you, we'd like to help. And they uh, uh, gave us a grant of $50,000 that uh-huh. we're using here locally uh, in, in Northwest Ohio, in Detroit, in the Michigan area, and then opening up the area in Illinois, in Rockford, Illinois, as a matter of fact. And they're, they're, they're uh, one of the legs of their stool is to help homeless veterans. So if your organization, if your group is tasked with helping homeless veterans get housed, I think this, uh, uh, and and you care as much as we do, then we'd love to have you join us.
0: That's beautiful. Ken, I know I said I was going to wrap up, but is there there, there a... Is there a Kinnison story or not? Oh yeah, hell yeah! No, <laughs> I forgot about that. Goddamn, where's yeah, the Kinnison yeah. story? No, so he
1: he uh, he was one of the nicest guys that that I worked with. Okay. Um, you know we we met the first time and we worked together several times. Mm-hmm. And the first time though, he comes in with a grocery bag, the paper kind of grocery bags. You, know, you kids don't know what they are, probably <laughs> But he comes filled with pot. <laughs> and he's like here Ken you know you want some pot and so a bunch of us you know hung out and and that whole week smoked pot and went around and did stuff and then, <laughs> then he liked we had fun he liked my material and then we worked together a few other times but it was pot that was his 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 universal right okay. that he was able to build community and in fact the reason he got got famous you know, he was a bouncer at the comedy store right and um um uh, Rodney was like like good pot, and 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 Sam gave Rodney some some pot, some yeah. good pot. and Rodney loved it and went and hung out with Sam <laughs> because he didn't smoked pot and And with that work and encouragement is how uh, Sam ended up uh, getting into comedy on stage and developing it. He's sorry, our performances have always been in his heart, mm. even back as a little preacher, yeah, right? you know yeah. that, so so that. That fire and brimstone of performance was already baked in, right. but you know, truly one of the nicest guys with the darkest material. <laughs> yeah, I
0: think he has uh, something about banging a banging a corpse. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was view? the darkest, <laughs>
1: and that's how he introduced it too, man. Now <laughs> this is this is low, right? This is low as low. you getting underneath the low.
0: I <laughs> mean, <laughs> hey, what's interesting about that is like you kind of got to, you can, you can, uh, you can kind of. Uh, Assume what that low is But like until you're like In that position of life And and not that he was out there (laughs) Screwing dead people But like he But until you're in that position of life And really see it for yourself I I really don't think you can like Put it out there In such a manner You know like put it out Unless you smoke a lot of pot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: then it becomes a lot easier to it <laughs> come up with shit
0: hey man i mean i gotta say weed has created tons of communities especially for me <laughs> like it's, it's it's been a universal yeah. thing that's helped
1: but in closing you know sam kinnison um always said he was fond of saying marriage would kill him mm. and right after he got married he he, he died that
0: was it. Yeah. he was right yep well, there you go words to live
1: by folks yeah <laughs> <laughs> Kent, no i i I, I, you know, I married i married up
0: five flights so i'll disagree with that but yeah no i i did too i am a very lucky person that i i ended up with the person that i'm with so ken thank you so much thank you for taking time out of your busy day to chat it up and um dot org, right yeah okay yeah all right thank you appreciate it Thank you, Ken. I really appreciate you inviting me into your office and taking you know, a couple hours out of your day just to chat it up with me and allow me to get you sick. Uh, <laughs> I was coughing on the way in there. Hopefully he, did. he wasn't sick. I, that's all I can hope for. Anyways, go check out veteransmatter.org. Veteransmatter.org. And then he also has another one that helps um, uh, with dignity first. To return individuals and families with children to domestic autonomy. We didn't talk about one matters.org, but that is another organization that Ken runs, and that's the number one matters.org. So both of those, I, I encourage everybody to go donate money or time, whatever you can to help these amazing, amazing um, organizations that Ken runs. Um, again, check out Rainymystique.com com holy shit <laughs> i'm getting all these dot orgs and coms all mixed up so randommystique.com, r-e-i-n-a-m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e.com go check out our new ep 1018 which is available now on itunes apple music spotify title anywhere you get music it's there uh, we also have physical copies Cop-a-D's. we have physical copades at the <laughs> at rainbow slash store so go check that out as well you can also write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com let us know what you think and how we're doing and uh, check out the newly designed new and improved website we speak English goodnet and uh of course leave a review for us on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at We Speak English good, and also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash we speak English Good. Um the Instagram is kind of taking on a life of its own. I'm making ridiculous videos and just there's like some there's some tutorials on there there's just me being stupid on there there's me it's just lot there's a variety of things and it mostly has to do with music so <laughs> you can go on there um and, and check it out uh and that's it guys thank you so much for another wonderful episode and thank you guys so much for for the increase in in listenership which is again it's weird it's this weird thing that keeps happening, but I appreciate it. Thank you so damn much, guys. It's amazing that there is a that there's growth coming out of this. And uh, when you start these things, you just you don't know what's gonna happen. And you know, now that we are hitting numbers up into like 6,500 people a week, I mean that's no small thing. But it's not huge. This is no what the fuck or or you know jre or whatever but that's crazy 6500 people out there i had a guest never mind i'm gonna end this because i'll save it all for the the solo cast okay guys um i'll talk to you guys next week with our guest p pod from the on the radar podcast which was supposed to be this week but ken and jasmine got mixed up anyways there was a mix-up whatever here <laughs> we'll see you guys next week with Peapod of on the radar podcast all right guys take care of your fellow human beings hjs for everybody bye <laughs>